On today's episode, I interview one of my favorite people. Her name is Dom Farnan. She is the CEO and founder of Dot Connect, which is a talent advisory agency. They're incredible. She's got offices all over the globe, and she talks about conscious leadership. What is it? What is it not? How can you really walk the walk and really facilitate and embed a lot of these modalities of consciousness within your organization? It's a great chat. Um, We talk about specifics that you can do. We talk a little bit about her background and a little bit about how her clients are reacting and responding to this, this conscious presence that she's bringing to her business. Dom, thanks so much for being here today. We were chatting just a little bit before we started recording about this concept of conscious leadership and how we hear people saying it a lot, especially around certain months. You know, we're in June for Pride Month, and I feel like a lot of people are starting to drop their flags and things like that. Like, yep, see, we're conscious, we're woke, we're really trying to be vulnerable and authentic with our team. But for you, I know that this has been something that you've been focused on for years. And I would love just to get your take on what conscious leadership is to you. So for me, my conscious leadership journey really started going deep, probably in February of 2021. So I was working with a coach before that in June of 2020. Mm -hmm. And she was a life and business coach. I still work with her. Her name's Angie Wisdom. She's amazing. And that really kind of helped me define what my values are and what's important to me. But in around January of 21, I felt like I had two personas going. I felt like I had a dom at work persona and a dom at home persona, and it was driving me crazy and it was very exhausting. So I had affirmed with Angie in one of our sessions that I really wanted to shed the dom at work person and just be one true authentic dom. How are those personas different? So at work, I was more in my masculine. I was type A, very kind of rigid energy. And I work with a lot of men in technology. So I always felt like I had to prove myself and be tough and be direct and be not always what felt natural to me. I just always felt like way more in my masculine energy. But in home, you know, I'm a mother, I'm a partner, I'm a sister, I'm a friend, I'm all of these other things that bring out a more feminine aspect of my energy. So really, I wanted to be able to stay more in my feminine, shed some of the toxic masculine energy I was carrying and portraying in my career, and be able to just soften, but still be successful and still drive results, but be who I really am, and who I am in in my most centered place of my being. So my journey started really after I met Gerard Adams and joined his conscious leaders mastermind, which initially, you know, I was following him on Instagram. I wasn't sure if it was the real deal. I wasn't sure what to expect from something calling themselves conscious leaders mastermind. But after I joined the first book we read together was the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. And they actually, um, that set of authors runs a consultancy that brings consciousness into corporate environments. Mm -hmm. But what does that mean? Like bringing consciousness into, is it more just like having, is it like just a deeper level of self-awareness or is it more empathy or is it kind of all of that? Yeah, I think it's all of those things, but definitely the level of self-awareness. 
So, you know, the first commitment is taking full responsibility for the circumstances of your own life and your physical, emotional, and mental and spiritual well-being. Like that's number one. So even just putting a stake in the ground and claiming that is not something most people in quote unquote corporate do ever. And not outwardly. Like they might, you know, they might read those books, but they don't talk about reading those books. They don't talk about that being one of their values and then being held accountable by their team to honor those values. Yep, exactly. Wow, that's great. Okay, so this you you first surrounded yourself with people that also had this goal or were already kind of walking the walk. So once you did that and you made the decision that you didn't want there to be two different doms, how did you start to implement that in your company? What was that like? Yeah, I was pretty transparent with my team, the commitment that I made the group that I joined and the things that I was learning and sharing with them, the healing experiences that I was, you know, practicing in the different modalities and breath work and all these things, deeper levels of meditation and plant medicine and things like that, that weren't necessarily something I had ever heard about being on teams reporting into leaders and definitely not, you know, where my leaders was were telling me any of these things. So I just became very transparent with my team and, and asked for a lot of grace. Hey, I'm doing this. I'm committing to this because the way I was leading before was not working for me or for us. And Mm -hmm. so I'm making a decision to step into my consciousness and I'm willing to do the work and take full responsibility and shed these things that are no longer in alignment for, with who I'm becoming. Right. And for all the listeners, (laughs) you know, Dom is no bullshit. Like she does, you know, when you talk about like personal and spiritual work, I feel like, I mean, Dom is aspirational and all of the things that she tries, all of the ways that she tries to understand, you know, whether it be like past traumas or why you're having a certain reaction to something. And I just feel like being able to like own that and talk about that with your team is so fucking huge because so many people don't. Again, they might have like the personal, you know, image of themselves where they go home, they do breath work workshops and things like that. But you actually integrated that into your team, right? Yeah. So I started involving my team and offering the different modalities that I was using that I felt were very powerful for me. So on a monthly, we have Zoom breath work led by Avery Whitmore, who is a friend of mine that I met at a retreat. And he's amazing. And you know, I kind of surprised my team one Monday morning and we did that together and a lot of them were cracked wide open and it's part of their regular practice now. So I've loved being able to bring back the things that have worked for me. And if you know me on any level, you'll know that when I get into something, I'm a huge fangirl of whatever. And I'm always like sharing <laughs> the things with everybody in my network and I get super excited about stuff, primarily because I've just seen the changes in my own life. I've seen how it's helped me heal. I've seen how it's transformed my marriage. I've seen all of these things and I have that lived experience. So I definitely practice bringing that back to my team. Uh, that's that's the biggest piece too, is like facilitating it for your team. It's one thing to say, you know, I read this book or I did this course and it was really great and then just leave it. It's another thing to actually, you know, pay, like make the investment, facilitate it, make sure it's on their calendars and then give them time, you know, through, I mean, and you do these like on Thursdays during working hours, guys, this isn't like a, Oh, Friday at 6 PM. If you want to join us. No, this is during working hours. And I feel like that in itself is revolutionary because 
most of the time, like people aren't willing to do that, at least on a regular basis. I get called in to do workshops frequently and it's a 90 minute workshop. And with some of these, you know, bigger ones, these bigger organizations, I'll be like, okay, so what's the plan for continued support? Like, are you going to do one of these every month or every quarter? Do you want to provide coaching to ELT or people that you're grooming? And they'll be like, um, yeah, we'll think about it. And then they, you know, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't, but it's like, you can't just created as a one-off. You really do have to give permission to do this during working hours. And I think that says a lot about your leadership. Yeah. I think permission. I also think, like you said, integration, it's one thing to have an experience. It's another thing to have an experience and build on it. Something in particular, like a breath work that really opens you up. And then you have integration time where you can talk about what's come up for you in a safe environment that's no judgment with your quote unquote work people, but you're talking about real life things and you're sharing stories and you feel safe to do that. And you're connecting on a deeper level. So I've just seen a transformation of my own team on our Slack channels about deeply personal stories and fears and shame and guilt and all the things that come up for people um, and how supportive our team has become and opened up to sharing those things before it was like you said behind closed doors and personal and a lot of times you weren't even sharing anything about anything well because i think that when you talk about like you know spiritual work growth works personal development there can be this inclination that there's weakness associated with it so that the weakness was the trigger to then try to quote unquote like fix yourself heal something but at the end of the day like we all have shit so if i think it's better just to be upfront with it and put it on the table and be like here's my shit i'm dealing with what are you dealing with you know and i think that until now there has that's been totally acceptable to keep those worlds incredibly exclusive. But the beauty of the pandemic and everybody working from home, it's like, first off, you started to see where people live, right? Like, oh, okay, you know, if they don't have a fake Zoom background. Yeah. I felt like a, that was like the the little window being cracked to like get to know yeah. each other better. A cat would run through, oh, you have a cat, oh, you have a kid. All these things people didn't know about each other. And it just feels like you really not only saw that opening, but like opened the window all the way up and said, here, not only are we going to just know each other, you know, on a surface level about your personal life, but we can really get in the shit with each other. And I think that's incredible. So do you feel like that makes for a more happy, loyal team? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think loyalty and commitment to their own practice. I think ultimately what I love seeing most is seeing the work that I've been doing and the commitment to my own practice and healing ripple effect onto my team where they're taking action and agency of their own healing and, and like starting their own inner work practice and sharing with me and all of us what's happening and transforming their lives um, and their careers and watching them grow because, you know, you are, you're one whole person. So you can't be a mess on your personal life and then have an amazing career and act like everything's great in your career. <laughs> I, I did that for a long time. And that's when I had my breaking point. The pandemic was my breaking point of like, you know, outwardly I've got it all together. And then inwardly I'm miserable and depressed and unhappy. And I had had enough. So being able yeah. to really just heal that and do that work 
has been so powerful because it's also transformed how I'm able to show up as a leader and how my business is. And it gives, it gives your team permission to be authentic too. Like that's the, the, I feel like that's the biggest piece when you talk about conscious leadership is being transparent and authentic and talking about, yeah, I do breath work. Yeah. I I'll try plant medicine. Yeah. I'll go and I'll do Reiki. I'll get, you know, Akashic records readings. I'll do all of this stuff. And that's always been my jam, right? Is like, you, this message of you cannot have this deep personal fulfillment and professional success if they are not aligned with what your soul wants. If you're not living in soul alignment, one of the sides or altogether is going to feel a lack. You're going to feel restless. You're going to feel stuck. And I love that you figured that out and then were able to apply it to your business. I want to ask you, because it's something that we've chatted on um, before, is this idea of using some of these modalities. It's one thing to talk about it with your team. It's another thing to make it visible to clients. So I would love to share a little bit about how you've been able to do that and what the response has been. Yeah. So, you know, like you said earlier, I'm, I'm no bullshit and I'm pretty transparent. So what I've been doing is kind of open sourcing the stuff that we're doing. So my breath work, we do it monthly on a Thursday. I invite anybody in my LinkedIn network or my social media that wants to join to join. It's not just for my team. It's sponsored and we'll pay for it. But if you're curious and you're in my network and you're a former client or a former hiring manager or an executive or whatever you are in my network, you're welcome to join me. And I found that the response has been really positive. I've also found that interestingly enough, it's been a lot of like male executive powerhouse badasses that I work with in the past that are curious about doing the inner work and starting their healing journey and creating awareness around their consciousness. So I I always thought that was interesting because it's, it almost seems obvious, like, of course, it'd be the women in your network and, you know, we seem quote unquote more willing to do the work, but the people who put their hand up in my network have been, you know, a lot of the men that I've been working with, which I love. Yeah. And I think that that's a testament to the safe space that you create, right? Is like, they feel safe doing it. They trust you. They know you. I think another piece is just accessibility, right? Like it can be very I don't want to, you know, this isn't a diss on men, but they can be very simplistic, right? So it's like, oh, okay, I know she's having this every month and she's going to provide a Zoom, you know, in her LinkedIn post or whatever. So that's easy, right? You make it very simple. They don't have to research something. They don't have to go to a yoga studio to do it. They can do it from home. So I think that is such a huge piece. I was going to ask you too, when we talk, we've kind of talked about this concept of coming out of the spiritual closet in your professional life. And I know that the men have kind of gravitated towards the breath work, but have there been any other times when you didn't feel like you were being 100% authentically you, and then you chose to open up about that in a professional, you know, landscape? Yeah. I mean, I think a good example would be last year in February of 21, we had a client that was a big client of ours, um, but a highly political corporate environment. And I was at the point in the journey with them. We had been working with them a few years where I personally was pretty burnt out on the level of engagement that I had, but then they went through a pretty significant reorg 
and made some changes on the executive leadership team. And so things shifted in terms of who I was engaging with. But at that point in time, because I was a few months into me affirming, like, I want to be one dom and I want to be more in my feminine. I want to be able to be how I am and what I feel called to represent. I took that opportunity to really rescope the engagement and show up differently and really mm. show up vulnerably and be honest with them about my team's experience and my experience over the last few years with them and redefine the level of partnership and what was important to us and where I was at in my journey. I mean, I, I don't know if I cried, but I probably did cry. And I did yeah. share with them all of the struggles of, you know, how challenging even 2020 was to keep my team together um, while doing my personal work while going through my personal life savings to keep however many 20 people afloat at the time um, and what a toll that took on me and how I almost felt like to one degree, I was backed into a corner to work with this client despite my own, you know, dissatisfaction with them just to keep us paid and just to keep my team, you know, afloat. So I was pretty honest about that. And I felt at that time that I took my power back. I felt like a relief and I felt like, Finally, I can just settle into being who I've declared I want to be. And this is my opportunity. But I think back to that now too. And it's like divine timing because I don't think I would have done it earlier or the year before, or I hadn't really affirmed I wanted to be one whole person. So it was just like, you know, the universe put this opportunity in front of me right at the time that I was ready to do it, even if it was a little earlier than I wanted. It's always a little earlier than we want. <laughs> so what was their reaction? How did they receive that? I mean, it was it was received really well. It was it was shocking. It was like such a breath of fresh air, I think, for everybody. And I, I felt so good that I was able to be honest and just go, look, you guys, this is what we've been through. This is what we put up with and tolerated for with you as a client. And here's where we're at. And here's what you know, it was going to change moving forward, but I felt so good. And I felt such strong alignment. And I felt like, yeah. Oh my gosh, how good does it feel to like speak your truth and not be scared of the outcome and still be able to maintain the relationship with the client in a new way. Um, yeah. And they re- received it well. I mean, they were surprised. They were like, well, we didn't realize you had gone through so much stuff or this had come up or whatever it was. And so they had, you know, taken some ownership on their side too. So it was really good, actually. Yeah. I mean, and that's the flex is having strong boundaries. Like I, I try to tell clients all the time, the stronger your boundaries and the more you have, the more respect I think that you'll get. So yes. being, you know, having the guts to have that awkward conversation with them, no doubt made them love you more. And, you know, at the same time was freeing for you and setting an amazing example to your team of this is what I will allow for us. And this is what I will no longer allow. So that's that whole inner work, like showing up on that professional side, right? I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this masculine feminine, because you've mentioned it a couple of times. And I feel like there might be some external conditioning around feminine, right? Like feminine energy, feminine strength, what that means. Um, It can be very easily you know, assumed that masculine is strong, boundaries, assertive. But I think the feminine is absolutely that. And I think that we're operating sometimes on a whole different frequency and dimension because of the insights that we have as women and things like that. But I would love to hear your 
your take on that, what you kind of see as this feminine strength or this feminine energy versus the masculine? Yeah. So one thing I think is important to clarify is that everybody has feminine and masculine energy. Just because you identify as a woman doesn't mean you're all feminine energy. Like I said before, I identify as a woman, but I had a very strong masculine energy to me. And there's two wings, right? You kind of think of masculine feminine energy as two wings on your back. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to your feminine wing, divine feminine energetic qualities are things like intuition, idea creation, creativity, you know, the ones that can be nurturing to motherly, all of that, having awareness, having peace, being graceful, being a listener, compassionate and caring. And then on the masculine side, there are divine masculine qualities like courage, confidence, strength, being disciplined, focused, accountable, loyal, taking action. But then there's also the toxic sides of both of those. So for me, I lived very much in my toxic masculine. So I could be aggressive, bullying, critical of myself and others, stuffing down my emotions, having different addictions, uh, being narcissistic or greedy or arrogant. All of those kind of sit in that toxic bucket on the masculine side. On the feminine side, it might show up as being jealous, impatient, manipulative, unreliable, victim mindset, people pleasing, sabotaging, or, you know, shameful. So those are just a couple of things to just, just delineate those. Wow. No, I love that. I love that you said they're like wings on your back. You know, we have both and we're really making a choice, whether it's sometimes it's conscious, sometimes it's unconscious, you know, which one we're going to lean into each day or in each situation. And so for you, you, you thought, well, you could, we were able to identify that you were leaning into the masculine for work. And then the thing is too, is that if you're living in that space, which is an imbalance, you know, eight to 12 hours a day when you're working, then what is the swing that comes, you know, when you get home, right? Does that affect who you are in your personal life? Yeah, no, I mean, it totally would, right? So if you're working how I was working back in the day, it was 12 hours a day, and then you're doing dinner with your family, but you're still so caught up in emails and Slack and this and that, that you still are in that, in my world, the toxic masculine that I would be projecting whatever bad day I had onto my family and my son and not being in my divine feminine and not showing up as that nurturing mother and that lover and that care caretaker and those things, because I was still just so like wired from my long work day and sitting in that other nasty place. Right. And I think like, (laughs) I saw some statistic, it was an Instagram, so it might be fake, but it was like, it takes three to seven hours for our body to come down off an adrenaline spike like that. And so if you're kind of operating in that mode, you're, you're probably still in that place physiologically until you go to bed and then you wake up and you start, you start the pattern all over again. And so I, you know, I really appreciate your candor today. I appreciate how transparent and vulnerable you are. I mean, you are one of the most authentic people I've ever met. And especially when it comes to leaders, like real leaders of teams with, you know, huge in businesses in a really competitive industry. And I just feel like you're paving a whole new path. And 
that will only bring success. I think the more authentic that you can be, that's when you really start seeing the abundance of friends and networks and then money always follows, right? Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. I always appreciate when I hear feedback from the universe, letting me know I'm on the right path and affirming all of this work because sometimes it can be lonely and you don't know and you need kind of a little nod that you're, you're doing the right thing. So I love, I always love hearing feedback. So thank you for saying that. Yes. Well, you guys, Dom is the uh, chief conscious connector is her title. She calls herself at dot connect. So feel free to check her out. The links will be underneath and Dom, thank you so much. Time is precious. I appreciate you spending a little with us today and our listeners. And there's no doubt going to be some nuggets that people will be able to take away from this episode. Even if it's just look into doing some breath work. Um, yeah. It's, huge. (laughs) That can be your baby step. Yeah. Thank you so much.